DiscerningHearts.com, in cooperation with Tan Books, presents Put on the Armor, a manual for spiritual warfare with Dr. Paul Thickpen. Dr. Thickpen is an internationally known speaker, best-selling author, and award-winning journalist who has published 43 books in a wide variety of genres and subjects, including The Rapture Trap, A Catholic Response to End Times Fever, and The Manual for Spiritual Warfare, the book on which this series is based. In 2008, Dr. Thickpen was appointed by the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops to their National Advisory Council. He has served the Church as a theologian, historian, apologist, evangelist, and catechist in a number of settings, speaking frequently in Catholic and secular media broadcasts and at conferences, seminars, parish missions, and scholarly gatherings. Put on the Armor, a manual for spiritual warfare with Dr. Paul Thickpen. I'm your host, Chris McGregor. From a letter from St. Paul to the Ephesians, chapter 6. Be strengthened in the Lord in the might of his power. Put on the armor of God so that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For our wrestling is not against flesh and blood, but against the principalities and the powers, against the world rulers of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness on high. Therefore, take up the armor of God so that you may be able to resist the evil every day and stand in all things perfect. Stand, therefore, having girded your loins with truth and having put on the breastplate of justice and having your feet shod with the readiness of the gospel of peace, in all things taking up the shield of faith, with which you may be able to quench all fiery darts of the most wicked one. And take for yourself the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit that is the Word of God. With all prayer and supplication, pray at all times in the Spirit, and be vigilant in all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. Well, thank you so much for joining me again. Oh, Chris, it's great to be here. God bless you. What I love so much about the Manual for Spiritual Warfare is that it is not just a book that would say, okay, say these prayers, do this thing, and you win this fight. It It isn't as simplistic as that. It's fuller. It's incorporating the whole fullness of what it is to be in communion with the church. It's how to draw on the graces and the Christian life that can sustain you not only in a battle against the invisible, but also with those things that we can see very plainly with our own eyes. Yes, I mean, because this, that is the Christian life, isn't it? At the same time, we're battling the enemy. We're trying to draw closer to God. And the closer we come to God, the the worst time the enemy will have in getting at us. That's why I have that chapter on the virtues, which, which St. Paul referred to as our armor. The more we become like God and his holiness, the more impervious we are to attack. The more we love, the more stronger our faith, the greater our hope, the more humble we are, the more all, all these virtues that we have. It's as if then the, you know, well, I love the image that St. Paul has, that, that by the shield of faith, you're able to quench the darts of the enemy. So he sends these fiery darts, shooting them at you. But with a strong faith, they hit the shield and they fall to the ground. And the same thing with love. If you're, the more you're shaped 
to be like God, the more you love the way God loves, the way you know as God knows, the less likely you are even to be tempted, let alone to be overthrown. It doesn't mean that you won't have adversity because the enemy can also get asked through other things. He can stir up other people against us. I think we can see right now in inter- certain international relations right now and what's going on in the Middle East, uh, how he can stir up uh, folks in that kind of way. So it's not like we won't ever have any more adversity. But strength in temptation against the temptation, that, that just becomes – that can become stronger and stronger the more holy we are, the less likely we are to be deceived by the lies of the enemy, the less likely we are to be seduced by his false promises. And to know your true enemy, who that is, is not necessarily, as strange as sound, is not necessarily your brother or sister that you see who is either assaulting you verbally or committing a certain action. And I know, again, that's going to sound strange to some, but as a, a very wise and learned a Monsignor has instructed to me, who has also been a, a trained exorcist for decades, he said, always be sure to look when you see someone in their behavior, the spirit that is surrounding this action. You know, for example, it's anger. It is. It's pride. It's jealousy. It's envy. The person is acting out through all of this, but you have to understand the spirit that is feeding it. That's the enemy. That's who you pray. That's how you end up loving your neighbor, even when your neighbor may kiss you in the on the cheek in the Garden of Olives. Yes, yes. Well, St. Paul says it so beautifully to the Ephesians. He says, we, we're not wrestling with fle- flesh and blood, but we're wrestling, wrestling with principalities and powers, the great rulers of darkness. It's a beautiful way to put it. We, we think we're wrestling with the human beings, and there is a certain wrestling going on in the Middle East right now. Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. but ultimately, ultimately what is, what's motivating them, what's driving them, seducing them, even controlling them, I think, and, and with the kinds of horrible things they're doing, ultimately is demonic powers. And that means for one thing, I mean, the good thing about that is that it helps us to realize sitting here in the United States, instead of just saying, oh, how terrible, we can pray against those things. Mm-hmm. We can, we can, if more people would pray that the powers controlling that situation would, would be bound, I think we could see more things happen. So it's, I'm not ruling out the other stuff of any kind of military intervention, but I'm just saying mm-hmm. there is a level at which our, the battle is not with flesh and blood, but with principalities and powers. Does it strike you that, yeah, I remember when we first started reading the horrible things that killing children, beheading them, putting the heads and the body parts around to terrorize people. I thought, wait a minute, I've heard this before. And I realized the ancient Assyrians did the same thing to their enemies and to the people they conquered. And guess where the ancient Assyrians had their capital? It was at Nineveh, which is modern-day Mosul. It's right there. It's almost as if they were imitating what had happened then. And I had to wonder, is there some kind of demonic power that was behind both of these? I, you know, I can't say that for sure, of course, but it just the similarities are, are so strong, so striking. Anytime you see something that is so horrific, it, it, it's also, I've heard it said that the enemy in his attacks on us would more than having a dictator push a button and nuclear annihilating millions of people all at once, he would much rather have a parent take a daughter 
to an abortion clinic to have her unborn child killed because that is at the, that tears at the very heart of relationship at the very heart of love and to multiply that by millions exactly yeah. that's spiritual warfare at its its bare bones it is and I, you know i've i've talked to exorcists who say that uh that abortion can be a door that opens up the, the people involved in it to demonic influence. And I, I honestly don't doubt that. It doesn't mean there's certainly doesn't mean there's no hope and no forgiveness or anything, but it does, it does point once again to the, the seriousness of what's happening in that event. The question will come forward, Paul, from many, and it's a legitimate question. Why is the devil still in action? Why does God allow it? Well, that is a great question. It's something I've going to kind of wrestle too, because God is infinitely more powerful than the devil and his hosts. So you say, well, God, why doesn't God just prevent them from their evil doing here? You know, you could ask, though, a similar question, why God doesn't stop human beings from committing wicked deeds? There are still people who die from horrible things that, that humans have done, and God could have stopped them. So at one level, the continuing presence of evil among us is a, a mystery that we can't fully figure out. But I don't want to just leave it at that because it sounds like you're just saying, okay, it's a mystery. There's, you know, We're not going to answer it. But we can say this much, uh, something that St. Augustine said long ago and has been echoed many times, that, that God allows evil because he is powerful enough to bring out of even the greatest evil a much greater good. So that in the end, in the big scale of things, however, the evil's, however great the evil has been, the good is even greater. I always go back to the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. It's a great illustration of that reality. According to the gospel, Satan entered into Judas, one of the 12 apostles, and then prompted him to go out and betray Jesus. So, you know, what's the worst evil we can imagine? I, I would say the torture and murder of the innocent son of God, the worst thing we could uh, imagine. And it occurred through the devil's influence. But the triumph of the empty tomb a few days later transformed that horror of the cross. Satan was thwarted. And when Jesus rose from the dead, he displayed God's power. To bring out of the greatest of evils an even greater good, and that's the redemption of the world. So we have, always have to keep that in mind when we see it, that our days on this earth provide a, a season for God to test us and to purify us, to strengthen and perfect us, to help make us ready fit to be with him in heaven forever. And for that end, then, the, the demons actually serve as useful tools for him. Not that he actively puts them in there, but since they're there, he uses their testing. Um, they're tempting of us so that if we respond right, we can become pure and stronger and closer to perfection every time we resist the temptation. And I, I like to, to quote, again, St. Augustine, one of my heroes. He once said that as an artist, God makes use even of the devil. Mm. And I think it's it's kind of like that. that uh, he allows the darkness to stay for now. There will be a time when, when you know, at the end of time when Satan is, is uh, he's been definitively defeated, but it's kind of the mop-up operation still. The day will come when he and his uh, allies will be totally corralled. But in the meantime, God's using him when an artist would use him to let the darkness show more clearly the light that's next to it. A teaching of St. Catherine of Siena found in the Manual for Spiritual Warfare. Why God Allows the Devil to Tempt Us. I've appointed the devil to tempt and to trouble my creatures in this life, 
St. Catherine of Siena reports that our Lord said to her, I've done this, not so that my creatures will be overcome, but so that they may overcome, proving their virtue and receiving from me the glory of victory. And no one should fear any battle or temptation of the devil that may come to him, because I've made my creatures strong, and I've given them strength of will, fortified in the blood of my Son. Neither the devil nor any other creature can control this free will, because it's yours, given to you by me. By your own choice, then, you can hold it or let it go as you please. It's a weapon, and if you place it in the hands of the devil, it right away becomes a knife that he'll use to stab and kill you. On the other hand, if you don't place this knife that is your will into the hands of the devil, that is, if you don't consent to his temptations and harassments, you will never be injured by the guilt of sin in any temptation. Instead, you'll actually be strengthened by the temptation as long as you open the eyes of your mind to see my love and to understand why I allowed you to be tempted so you could develop virtue by having it proved. My love permits these temptations, for the devil is weak. He can do nothing by himself unless I allow him. So I let him tempt you because I love you, not because I hate you. I want you to conquer, not to be conquered, and to come to a perfect knowledge of yourself and of me. We'll return to Put on the Armor, a manual for spiritual warfare with Dr. Paul Thickpen in just a moment. Did you know that Discerning Hearts has a free app where you can find all your favorite Discerning Hearts programming? Father Timothy Gallagher, Dr. Anthony Lillis, Monsignor John Essef, Deacon James Keating, Father Donald Haggerty, Mike Aquilina, Dr. Matthew Bunsen, and so many more. They're all available on the free Discerning Hearts app. Over 3,000 spiritual formation programs and prayers, all available to you with no hidden fees or subscriptions. Did you also know that you can listen to Discerning Hearts programming wherever you download your favorite podcasts, like Apple Podcasts, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Spotify, even on Audible, as well as numerous other worldwide podcast streaming platforms. And did you know that Discerning Hearts also has a YouTube channel? Be sure to check out all these different places where you can find Discerning Hearts Catholic Podcasts dedicated to those on the spiritual journey. The Memorari Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection implored thy help or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly to thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. 
Hello, my name is Deacon Omar Gutierrez, and I want to ask you to support Discerning Hearts in a special way. We, Chris McGregor, the board, and I all know that not everyone listening can help financially. We know we have listeners from all parts of the world, and we have made a commitment since the beginning to make the truths shared through Discerning Hearts totally free. So while you may not be able to contribute financially, what you can do is certainly pray, but also give us positive reviews on whatever platform you use to listen to us. If it's iTunes, Android, Stitcher, or Spotify, however it is that you get these podcasts, or if you're on YouTube and you like our videos, please give us a good rating and write a review. The more good ratings and reviews we get, the higher our profile, and the more listeners will discover us, listeners who may have the means to contribute in the future. Please consider rating us and writing a positive review today. We now return to Put on the Armor, a manual for spiritual warfare with Dr. Paul Thickpen. Well, and I'm so glad you referred to earlier in our discussion about the Desert Fathers because they had so much to show us in their example in naming and seeing things clearly for what they were, what, what, what was the assault, and then using our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ as the ultimate example and how he dealt with them. And I'm referring to that time in the desert when he was tempted after fasting 40 days in his weakened condition, he knew exactly how to triumph and he just took the words of scripture and pointed it right back, talked right back to those spirits that were tempting him and he conquered them and he did that over and over and over again and in the Manual of Spiritual Warfare, and in so many other ways, you provided those same types of resources and helps for us to recall what we probably already knew deep within our own hearts. Yes, I've I've tried to include a lot of Scripture because there is so much wonderful Scripture that we can use the way our Lord used it in the wilderness, as you said. Things that we can, when we're being tempted, that we can read or even memorize and say uh, to help to to show the reality of the world is against the lies of the devil. You know, so, so if the enemy comes to us saying, for instance, I, I'm stronger than you are, I'm stronger than God is, I'm going to win. <laughs> you, know? mm-hmm. you can respond, greater is he who is in me than he who's in the world. Get out of here. Or if he tries to accuse us, you know, uh, and talk about our past, to try to make us think that God hasn't forgiven us and that, to make us despair, which is one of his great, you know, for us to be able to say, if God is for us, who can be against us? And then to go on ahead with all those beautiful, powerful words of St. Paul, because he talks about neither life nor death, you know, heaven, the angels, and it even says principalities and powers, which are references to demonic powers. None of these things are able to overcome us because of the love of Christ. We have the love of Christ. And when you, boy, when you memorize those things, or even if you just have them at your fingertips and you get them deep in your heart, there are so many times when the enemy will try to put some thought on your mind of doubt about the character of God or, or the character of the people around you or, or will try to make you afraid to intimidate you, try to remind you of your sin so that you despair. There's so many wonderful passages in Scripture that you can speak right back to them and that build your faith and make them shut up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it silences them. What can he say against the Word of God? It's powerful. You know, Scripture tells us it's sharper than a two-edged sword. Wow. Wow is right. 
A teaching from St. John Vianney is found in the Manual for Spiritual Warfare. The Devil Fears Those Who Pray My dear brothers and sisters, not only is prayer very powerful, even more, it's of the utmost necessity for overcoming the enemies of our salvation. Look at all the saints. They weren't content with watching and fighting to overcome the enemies of their salvation and with keeping well away from all that could not offer them temptation. They passed their whole lives in prayer, not only the day, but very often the whole night as well. Yes, my dear children, we watch over ourselves and all the motions of our hearts in vain, and in vain we avoid temptation if we don't pray. If we don't continually resort to prayer, all our other ways will be of no use at all to us and will be overcome. We won't find any sinner converted without turning to prayer. We won't find one persevering without depending heavily on prayer. Nor will we ever find a Christian who ends up damned whose downfall didn't begin with a lack of prayer. We can see, too, how much the devil fears those who pray, since there's not a moment of the day when he tempts us more than when we're at prayer. He does everything he possibly can to prevent us from praying. When the devil wants someone to lose his soul, he starts out by inspiring in him a profound distaste for prayer. However good a Christian he may be, if the devil succeeds in making him either say his prayers badly or neglect them altogether, he's certain to have that person for himself. Yes, my dear brothers and sisters, from the moment that we neglect to pray, we move with big steps towards hell. We'll never return to God if we don't resort to prayer. And I am so looking forward to our, our further conversations as we break this open. This is probably one of the more difficult entry points in the discussions of the visible and invisible, only because this is it's darkness and it no one wants to go there, do they, Paul? They don't. And, and you know, it's a, it could be a frightening thing. It, in the end, it shouldn't be. I mean, we should have a healthy fear of it that, yes, so for instance, stay away from Ouija boards, you know, or you'll mm -hmm. get into trouble, that kind of thing. So there's a healthy fear that tells you to stay away from these things, not to open yourself up to them. But again, the whole gospel is that the devil's been conquered. He has been definitively conquered. And even though he still is allowed some power in this time, um, to, to fight us, the greater is he who's in us than he who's in the world. And with that hope, then we're, hope is the helmet of salvation. It keeps our minds from, uh, on, steadied on Christ Jesus. Well, I just thank you so much for helping us in, the, in this part of our discussion to know your enemy. Again, so vital. Any final thoughts, Paul? I just encourage our, you know, our listeners today to, um, to spend some time in the scripture. Take a, take a look at the book of Psalms, especially. So many beautiful Psalms. And if you have the book in hand, you know, it'll, it'll point you to certain ones. But also to spend some time praising God. Uh, one of the strategies of the devil is to make us doubt God, either his existence or his, his goodness or his love for us, um, his intentions for us. That's what he did. You know, he said to Eve in the garden, Ah, God doesn't, you know, 
this is not for your good. God knows he's jealous of you, and he he knows you'll be his, his rival if you do this. He was planning doubts about God in her mind. So spend some time praising God, recounting to yourself in his presence all the wonderful things that he is and that he has done for you. And build your faith that way, and that's one of the great ways that you can keep from letting the, the devil get at you with doubt. Because the more powerful your faith, your confidence in God, the less able he's able to, to under the enemy is able to undermine that. And I, I couldn't help it as you were saying, it, recalling what our Lord said Himself that if to be like the little ones, and when if any time you ever feel that anxiety or that fear or whatever it is that you're not quite sure, be like a little one and run to your mama, yeah. uh, run to Our Lady. The tip of her back heel she can crush him can't she <laughs> that's right and she has been given a very powerful role on this and uh you know we maybe we can go into that in another session but mm-hmm. it's just uh, her her beautiful fiat just overturned all the enemy's plan for the human race and she still has uh, has great power given to her by god on our behalf from the teachings of St. Bernard of Clairvaux, found in the Manual for Spiritual Warfare. Mary, Star of the Sea Mary is the distinguished and bright shining star, lifted up above this great broad sea, gleaming with merits, giving light by her example. If you're caught between storms and tempests, tossed about in the flood of this world instead of walking on dry land. Keep your eyes fixed on the glow of the star unless you want to perish, overwhelmed by the tempest. If the winds of temptation surge, if you run aground on the shoals of troubles, look to this star, call upon Mary. If you're tossed by the winds of pride or ambition or detraction or jealousy, Look to this star, call upon Mary. If anger or greed or the allurements of the flesh dash against the boat of your mind, look to Mary. And if you're troubled by the enormity of your sins, ashamed by the foulness of your conscience, terrified by the horror of Judgment Day, so that you begin to be swallowed up in the pit of sadness, the abyss of despair, think of Mary. In dangers, in straits, in perplexity, think of Mary, call upon Mary. Let her name be always in your mouth and in your heart. And if you would ask for and obtain the help of her prayers, don't forget the example of how she lived. If you follow her, you won't go astray. If you pray to her, you won't despair. If you think of her, you won't be lost. If you cling to her, you won't fall. If she protects you, you won't fear. If she's your guide, you won't grow weary. If she's favorable to you, you'll reach your goal. You've been listening to Put on the Armor 
a manual for spiritual warfare with Dr. Paul Thigpen. To hear and or to download this episode, along with hundreds of other spiritual formation programs, visit discerninghearts.com or download the free Discerning Hearts app. This has been a production of Discerning Hearts. I'm your host, Chris McGregor. We hope that if this has been helpful for you, that you will first pray for our mission. And if you feel us worthy, consider a charitable donation, which is fully tax-deductible to help support our efforts. But most of all, we hope that you will tell a friend about discerninghearts.com and join us next time for Put on the Armor, a manual for spiritual warfare with Dr. Paul Thigpen.